This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get reward points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello, welcome to the latest episode of the Rob Ryan Red podcast. Lost my voice basically on this tour now. It's Nathan. Uh, Rich is away in Japan. I'm sure I get to tell us all about it. Um, in the coming weeks, he got upgraded to first class. We're running a joke in our group chat of who would maybe get that upgrade. I went out to New York, didn't get one. He went out to Japan and got one. So he's been living the high life away from me. Um, but I, here I am in Chapel Hill after the Chelsea game. And we'll get into that after because before that, I did have a, a chat with lots and lots of US residents. But there's been lots going on, and it, the, as always, there's lots going on, but I need to remember that this podcast is brought to you in association with Red 10 People Development. Without them, this wouldn't be possible. Um, and also the music and the stings you hear is uh, from the Welsh band, the Wrexham band, Hypnotic. Um, I've had a little bit to drink, and I don't normally do podcasts in uh, North Carolina hotel rooms, so do bear with me. Um, getting a lot of messages about the Wrexham game, the Wrexham Chelsea game that's just ended and I've just made it back. But this is just a little bit of an introduction to say, look, um, I've been doing the YouTube channel, I've been doing the daily videos. If you haven't seen them, um, do go and watch that. I've got a lot, a lot of nice comments on on the first few that I've done on there. And um, and, and this is really just a podcast just to kind of tee us up because I fly to LA and whew, when I finish editing this, it'll be super, super close to, to the flight. So... If I look tired on these videos, as people love to tell me, if I look knackered or I sound knackered, I do apologize. Um, and to anyone who saw me at the game and introduced yourself and shook my hand, you're an absolute legend. And, uh, you know, love every one of you that, that is supporting the podcast. And a couple of new subscribers as well that soon learned. And we're asking why people were coming up to me and having photos with me. And uh, so, yeah, whoever whoever's doing that, I owe you a check or I owe you a beer at least. Um but quite a bit's happened. You know, we're going to get into the Chelsea result, but this is basically, I'm going to take you first off to Chapel Hill, the experience in Chapel Hill. It's been nothing but hospitable off the pitch. And, um, you know, all the businesses, all the kind of local residents have been quick to welcome local fans in with with open arms. And um, and so for, for once, I went to a house party in, in Chapel Hill, about 50 minutes walk from the stadium. And... And that very nice gentleman named Keith said, use my deck. If you want to record a podcast, you can record on my deck. And, um, you know, you'll get lots of different people to come up and chat. So there obviously is going to be some background noise. It's not going to be studio quality. But 
imagine yourself on a deck, having a drink, having some snacks, having some nibbles in the bright sunshine and the, the, the high, high, high humidity of North Carolina. And picture that scene and you'll be transported right there for this conversation. So, as I said, I've come all the way from, I flew in from London, Heathrow, lots of people. I mean, I met somebody, if you watched the YouTube video yesterday, you'll have seen somebody drove 13 hours from Tennessee to get to their first ever Wrexham match, which is, you know, longer than any away day possible in the UK. If you were a Gateshead fan, you went to Torquay, that would still not be as far. You'd need to go there and back to get even close to that. But Mamadam has come as long way as well. You've come from Orlando, Florida. Is this your first time in, in Chapel Hill? Because for me, it's a... It's an amazing place. It really is like quite a unique place. I've never been like this before. Yeah. And you know, it was a nine hour drive for us up from Orlando all in one day. And yeah, this is the first time that I've been into a kind of a, a, a big college town, you know, with, with like North Carolina. Now there's there's towns like this all over the United States as far as those big college towns. And but this first time really being downtown and seeing all the pubs and the bars all right there close together. We were uh, in uh, we were in one of the just having a. Uh, sitting there eating and having a drink and Wayne Jones just popped in out of the middle of nowhere we're like what the heck and so they were just doing the hop throughout the through the through the through the town so I mean it was surreal so it was really cool the daughters are Alex they've got my son here we go so the Alex so we've got Alex Alex the family or from Isabella we've got and it's great everyone's got we've got Betty Burrows so I'm gonna say I'm gonna ask you has your dad you can say even though he's right there has he forced you to like Wrexham because I grew up right and it, are you? Do you like it as much as he does? Yes, I do, actually. He did not force me. He didn't force you. To, he's good. He's not forced you to... Like, I'm going to force my, the rest of my family to support Wrexham for life. But what about uh, whether it's the show or, or the team? What about it is appealing, do you think, to so many Americans? Because I'm here now. So many Americans are wearing red. Is it? What do you think makes it so attractive? You know, I really do not know. It's just kind of like a hooker thing. Like, I think everyone likes a good comeback store. For sure. For sure. Yeah. And you're looking forward to the game? I mean, this first Wrexham experience? First Wrexham experience. Except for yesterday, I went to the um, training. The right? training, yeah. Training. And is your dad itching to get over from Baltimore to Wrexham? I feel like maybe he's always active on Twitter. Is he trying to pitch a trip to Wrexham, maybe? Trying to get to Wales? No. In the, our hotel room, he was like, you know, I might get us some tickets and we might fly over to Wrexham. I can sense it. I can sense it. We're just recording. Right? We're just uh, very ad hoc. We're getting to see if their dad's forced them to follow Wrexham, which they insist that they're not. They, they do like it. But um, Okay, so who then? I've got to ask, who is your favorite player in Wrexham right now? Have you got a favorite player? I'm putting you on the spot. You just like all of them. bit hard. That's hard. But I'll have to say Luke Young. Luke Young, yeah. you are preaching to the converted. She's already my favorite person. She loves Luke Young, so that's good. My own page is Luke Young. Your own page. Here we go. This is a. Sorry, so we didn't get your name. Amelia. Amelia. So Luke Young is your sister's favorite player. What about yourself? Have you got anyone that you like? Paul Mullin, Ben Foster, Ollie Palmer. You like them all. You like them all. We've got the Luke Young Appreciation. I thought that was dying out, the Luke Young Appreciation Society, but I think it's back in business in Chapel Hill. We've got it, so we've got it. So there we go. So look, we'll show it to that camera there. Why not? So we've got Luke Young as the screensaver, which is amazing. Um, 
Alec, then I'm going to pull you in quickly. So the whole family is decked out in Wrexham gear. You you explained it previously, but being here, well, what is it like just seeing so much Wrexham and seeing so much American Wrexham? I know it's great for me coming over as a, as a local that's grown up there, but it's I'm I, we're on a deck in Chapel Hill. No, you're, he's he's fine. We're on, a, we're on a deck in Chapel Hill with Wrexham fans from all over the country in the states. It's it's amazing, isn't it? Well, I mean, it's incredible. Uh, so I spent I was I was listening to Mark Griffith before the streaming was allowed. So you know that was very like not lonely, but I the, that sort of like journey was on my own. The girls weren't watching with me yet. I was listening from the other room. <laughs> they're, they're defending themselves here that they were listening from the other room. Right, right. right. Um, but, you know, and do you know this? Like, the Twitter became the connection point for all of us fans, and it became sort of the worldwide red. And we started learning who to follow and new guys. And, um, and this tour was the, the first sort of excuse we had to really create a function to get together. So the WhatsApp group, et cetera, has brought us here. I mean, it's. You know, it's not a surprise, but everyone's super nice. Everyone's very welcome, uh, you know. Which feels very American because in the UK, we're not that nice. I mean, maybe in Wrexham we are, but in the UK, we're not that nice. We're, let's not pretend here that we're not. Every time I come to America, strangers are happy to have a conversation and want to say hello and all that sort of thing. Trust me, in the UK, you don't get that everywhere. Wrexham maybe, but everywhere else, no. So it just feels like everyone is, like I say, willing to put on a great spread and be a great host. Here in America, not everyone's like that. Like New York, uh, the New York Yankee Stadium. Right. But what about Baltimore then? So imagine people are listening to this have never, ever been to Baltimore. What is the sporting culture like in Baltimore? I mean, we know the Ravens or we've heard of the Ravens, but is it is it big NFL place? Is it big, you know? I mean, it, it would focus on the Ravens. Uh, there's certainly a big culture around the whole right. Orioles baseball team. Um, it, but... You know, when when someone put out a map and like drop your pin where you live and when you're a Rexham fan, and there are at least ten people around my area, and so the, you know this, not only Twitter and, and WhatsApp, but this will give you an opportunity to order to have an excuse to organize before hopefully the NBA does next, and, and we'll be able to you know because part of the fun is watching together, such as sort of me watching alone. Right. It, and I'll I'll give you a brief story. I spend a lot of the year. Uh, watching the streaming and listening to Mark Griffiths, you know, on his commentary, and I do remember one particular the the uh, FA Cup match against Coventry, and you know, I had no expected. I, I I knew enough by then to be like, we're not going to win, we're not going to win. Like, there's no reason we should win. And so I went and just like put on a good show, lose by one or two, focus on the lead. Right, that was my mindset. And I I remember. Elliot Lee, I, every moment of Elliot Lee's shot going into the back, say it was curving around. I know it was a pass, but no, it was a goal. I'm still going to stand by that was a shot, even though Elliot Lee said it was a cross. I just refuse to believe him forever and a day. And I screamed so loud that they came in and said, what happened? What went, like, what, what's wrong? Are you hurt? I remember that. And, not and, they came, and that was sort of like, what are you watching that makes you scream that loud? I'm a lifelong baseball fan. But nothing in base, other than, you know, you, but you know when a grand slam is possible. It's basically loaded and, and a slugger is up. So, you know, 
But to, to interject there quickly, what the, the amazing thing that I love about sport and that wherever you go in the world, whether you speak the language is everybody can get together around sport, right? And I feel like we've all followed Wrexham, you know, a variant amount of times. Some people here have followed 10 years or five years or six months or two months or a week or a day, whatever. And yet we can all just go to a game or root for the team, right? And I think that's really powerful. And I feel like that's what people are clinging to because... If I'm being honest, from someone in the UK, we don't have that much respect for Major League Soccer. But being totally honest, you know, before Lionel Messi has gone there, that is not a level that if a player goes there, we respect that. We we do not typically. Messi could change that. And so I don't know whether there is that same feel in the US that actually we want a team. There's always the promotion relegation thing, right? But is so Wrexham could end up going to the Premier League, Champions League and, and be the best team in, in the world. It could happen. It might take a while, but it could happen. These two might be okay. They've got a lot. They've got a lot of life to live. I don't know about the rest of. Yeah, Luton Town, right? But but why do you think so many? And not just the documentary. But why do you think so many have watched it and decided they're going to go all in, buy the merchandise, listen to Mark, listen to the podcast? It's it's they dedicate so much to it. I and I think look, it's it's not. I've never. I've tried to like MLS. There's a New York City football club that right. I thought I should I'm supposed to like, but the Yankees are part of it. Um and that's the the, the team I grew up following every single day. Um and I just couldn't get behind it. Jenny didn't know the sport I played when I was a kid, but I didn't follow it. And I've seen um really and I played squash growing up and I played in England and uh, Scotland so times. And like, you know, the people I was playing with over there would have a a, a batch that they wanted to be lost, and I'm like I'm bored, guys. I don't know what they're doing. I don't know why it's back, pass, back, pass, back, like back and forth. Right. So it wasn't until I, frankly, it's, it's not about the players first. About the players second, but it's about the town first. It's about the people of the town. It's about the story of the town that makes the first connection for us. Um, I suspect there are Americans who don't care about the story and wouldn't like it. And that's fine. But I think that's a self-selection. And I think when you look at this group, people I've never met before, but I've had zero issues. I, I cannot stress to you how surreal this is. To Everyone's like, oh, this is super normal. And like this guy's just recording a podcast on a deck in Chapel Hill, surrounded by people who are wearing all sorts of Wrexham merchandise. And I can I, I want to stress to anybody listening to this that this is the strangest feeling for me whatsoever because I've said it many times. I've gone to many a Wrexham game where it's me and a few other people and Wrexham is a joke to support and is not cool to support. And now it's like the coolest thing. I'm walking down like a celebrity down the Franklin Street in Chapel Hill and everyone wants to say hello and they're super nice. And um, I mean, look, let's try and get a couple more people in there. Why not? So I've got somebody here in a great shirt. Not Maybe not as great as mine. Mine's pretty good. But the Carlsberg shirt here is pretty good. Introduce yourself, sir, and we'll chat about... Here we go. So my name's James. James. When did you get the shirt, I'm going to say? Wow, okay. So when did you start following Wrexham? Okay. Yeah. How did you get into it? Um, well, so um, in 2004, it actually started with the FIFA video game, which my best friend and I started playing, and we both said, well, we'll both kind of pick a team in the English Premier in the English football league, which is a different story altogether. And uh, my family, at least the family allegedly, is that the family came from Wales. And so I had a choice at the time of Cardiff, Wrexham, or Swansea, and I looked at the towns, frankly, it was the uh, Art Luck, sort of the northern Welsh Welsh town that, that uh, yielded me. Uh, and so I said, well, I'm going 
only big refs of any pitch ones, I think Barnes or something. And, um, and so we started playing, and at that point, that was the battle. That was the Alexander Hamilton, the Mark Gunn, the days. And uh, so I actually, nobody joined me pushing forums for the you know, club because we all put on uh, So I've been a member of Red, uh, of Red Fashion since 2004. Okay, so look, a friend of mine runs Red Passion. It's a lot of it. It's a, it's very, it's a bit of a joke back home. It's what it's one of the most, we call it the most toxic ways on planet earth, maybe. Um, but joking aside, you've been in it. So you look, you, you, you've grown up in the States the whole, your whole life. Whereabouts in the States have you grown up? Houston, Texas. A lot of friends there. As I said before, the Houston Rockets is my NBA team. Um, but so you followed it for years and years and years, and now it's become this big hit in America. So for you, you almost it must be amazing to see that suddenly the thing that you liked when it wasn't cool is now super cool uh, and what i like even more is it's easier for me to follow the team than it used to be it is so by the way red fashion yes it is oh whether we call it toxic i would say it's it's full of malcontents <laughs> yeah. uh, but back in 2004 we were all malcontents right we, we didn't like the direction in the club right we all knew it was um it's been I, when Ronnie the Rob came in, my first thought was, this is probably listening stuff. Right. Uh, but then it wasn't, right? And so all of a sudden, it's easier for me to watch the club on instead of telling to follow, follow the, with the internet. So it's, it's just been an amazing thing. We're probably a little idol that forward. I'll have to find out some of your other Houston Texas. Well, look, we had on recently, I don't know if he's in Houston now, but. We had on last week or the week before, and also thank you to all the people that gave Jamal so much love. He was great. Lives in Texas, as he said, on the southernmost tip, and incredibly articulate. And we'll hopefully get him on as the season goes on. But it is, uh, you know, just just being. I mean, try and describe the scene for people that that can't see this. It's a, uh, it's remarkable. So many people come together from everywhere in the states. That that's just here for one thing. It's amazing. It is remarkable that there are this many people together for a team that is not from the United States. Yeah. So being from Houston, like Astros fans did, this would not be this would not be iconic all we do. See if Astros fans do. Sure. This is baffling to me. I think it's amazing. Yeah. Just how much this country is focused with this team. So who are you looking forward to seeing most play? Elliot Lee. He is the heart and the soul of this team. He plays with a passion, with a fire. He doesn't always get all the glory, but he seems like I think it's so, so again, I'm also thinking from an American style. If there were going to be a scrap on the field, I feel like Elliot could be the one starting. He's it's just the passion and fire for the team. So he's yeah, he's he's going to be great. I think he'll put on a show, and let's see if we get maybe we've got. So we've been on for twenty minutes. Let's see if we can get. I'm gonna I'm gonna see if I can get people to recruit a couple more. Let's see if we can get maybe these two. Uh, can we get them too? Let's see. So about a decade ago, about my youngest son was doing report on our ancestry. And we have Welsh ancestry. Family name is Powell. You can't get much more Welsh than that. Right, right, right. How we came about Wrexham just doing research about Wales and you know, he was a footballer and um, no. was, I like an underdog story. And so I just kind of quietly for the last decade or so, well, except for the last two years, um, been following Wrexham and actually didn't come upon the documentary I fell. I was scrolling through Hulu, and I was like, "Oh wait, I know that." Right, right. Well, for a decade, I mean, fair play because it's not been very good for until about three years ago. It's been yeah. pretty rubbish, right? Yeah, that's very true. But um, so I'm also a lifelong LA Kings fan. Being from so for people that don't know that, American, American hockey. hockey, right? And 
I've been a Kings fan, like calling them the Queens because they were that bad in the you know late seventies and early eighties before we got Wayne in Wayne came along, and of course things changed how hockey was in all of America, right? Right. So I know a little bit about underdog teams, and I love to underdog teams because of that reason. I think when you therapy the long guys, you get a and there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with muck delivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. So, look, we're talking here on the deck in Chapel Hill, as I've said. We're just trying to paint the scene for anybody who's listening back home. What what do you make of this, of what we're experiencing right now, is that we've just had Adam from Orlando. We've got the girls and, and Alec from Baltimore. You know, people from all over Tennessee and Michigan, and people are driving in. I met people yesterday from Pittsburgh. This is not, you know, Americans always have these tailgates and parties. That wouldn't be uncommon if we were watching University of North Carolina, right? But we're watching a team far, far away. I think it's amazing that this is happening. No, it, it absolutely is. And again, the commonality, right? We have um, a, a common goal that we want. We have a thing that we've grown to to embrace as our our own. Uh, and being here and talking about not just football, right? We're talking about cycling. We're talking about those of us who serve the United States military. All of these things have brought us together. And that's what's so great about both able to do this. And other places, like, I'm going to the Philly game. Uh, you guys are going to the game in San Diego, right? And they'll do this there, too. It's so, um, really a I'm not sure if someone's going to invite me onto their deck in Los Angeles. Or, or if I if I do a podcast on the beach, maybe. We'll see how we, how we get on. But... So there you go, you heard the chat there in Chapel Hill. And we've got another chat as well that Rich did before he went away. So Will Boyle has arrived, that's a new signing for us. And, you know, what do we know about Will Boyle? We wanted to get another centre-back and getting one was key. Neil Warnock, I'm led to believe, would have kept him around the place at Huddersfield if he'd have wanted to stay. Obviously wanted to try a new challenge and, and Wrexham fits the bill, but... Stephen Chicken, who who covers Huddersfield in detail, this is what he had to say to Rich about maybe why it it makes more sense going to League Two than than it did on paper staying at, at Huddersfield. So Stephen, thank you very much for joining us on the pod today. I suppose the first place to start is why are Huddersfield getting rid of Will Boyle? 
So, Will Boyle was only brought in as backup last year. Naby Sarr left the club and Levi Colwell had been on loan from Chelsea um, and they both left last summer. So, they needed that left-sided centre-back and Will Boyle was the, the first signing they made. They obviously knew that he was, as we'll get on to in a moment, you know, a great character because he came through the academy at Huddersfield. He's, he's from Garforth in Leeds. Um, and, and came through the academy at Huddersfield, so they already knew him. He'd obviously he'd come up, he'd gone away to Cheltenham, helped them go up from League Two to League One, and then established themselves in League One. So they basically needed someone as a a backup centre back, um, which is exactly what he was. From what I gather, I think Neil Warnock has decided if there were an in, if he was playing a back three. And there was an injury to one of the three excellent centre-backs they've got. Huddersfield's squad maybe isn't the strongest in the Championship, but if there's one area where they are very strong, it's at centre-back. They've got Tom Lees, Michal Hellick and, and Matty Pearson, who are all would probably play for pretty much every Championship side. And if something were to happen to them, he'd probably play Josh Ruffles or Yuta Nakayama instead, um, who are sort of players who, who normally play at left-back but can play at centre-back. So I think... Town are also looking to reduce the wage budget. I, from what I gather, I think if if Boyle had wanted to stay, one it would have been happy to have him around, um, but he he wanted to go and, and play regular football. Uh, like you alluded to there, okay, maybe didn't have the biggest impact at the club last season, but how will he be remembered by by the supporters there? As far as how he'll be remembered by Huddersfield fans, not very much, to be honest. He. he came through the academy as i say in sort of 2016 2017 around that period just before he left for for Cheltenham in 2017 um which was the season they got promoted and he was sort of a you know he was a kid then and he's come back and unfortunately he's played in a very poor team that had a really really poor season i think i think his performances were largely okay they weren't spectacular but i think Obviously, when you're having as poor a season as Huddersfield had last year, any errors are going to be particularly spotlighted. Um, so I don't think he's going to particularly live long in the in the memory for town fans other than just as, as a nice guy, basically. Now, a big part of Parkinson's recruitment plan is that he doesn't just sort of buy good players, he buys good people as well, people with the right personality, the right work ethic and mentality to contribute to any success at, at the club. What type of person is, is Boyle and is he going to be a good fit for, for what, what Wrexham are building? As a person, he's intelligent and I mean that in a general sense, not just for a footballer. Um, he's got a degree in business management, which he basically did just because I think he went on loan to Scotland and his family were like, you're going to be bored and you in your evenings, why don't you you look at doing something? And he opted to do a degree, which I think sort of tells you something about <laughs> about him. I don't think there's many players that would would do that. He's a cracking personality, you know. There's a video from after Huddersfield secured their place because they they really should have been relegated from the championship last year. They had an absolute miracle run at the end of the season. Last 10 games, they got 21 points, which is almost half the number they got over the whole season. Um, and Boyley didn't play a minute under Neil Warnock after he came in in February, but there's a video that you can see of all the players celebrating in the dressing room after they secured survival. And Ronnie Jepson, the, the assistant manager, specifically 
as he congratulates the players, also goes out of his way to to name Will Boyle as someone who has just hasn't played a minute, but around the training ground has just been absolutely impeccable as a trainer, real model professional. Someone, he's a leader. You know, he was he was the captain at, at Cheltenham. Um, he when I, I often go into Canal Side, the training ground, and you get varying degrees of interaction from the players. Will Boyle is the one who will always stop and have a proper conversation with you. Um, he's really, really good guy. And how do you think he, he might be used by Wrexham? Um, of course, we play with three at the back. Harry Lennon just retired at the end of last season. I think the suggestion is, from our point of view, that he'll come in and, and play predominantly as a left centre-back. Is that somewhere that he's played before? Is that where you'd see him fitting in? As far as his best position, he's a centre-back. A left-footed centre-back, which I, I know um, can be pretty rare and, and makes him a, a particularly valuable commodity, I think. He is a, a no-nonsense defender. I think you would probably expect him to play either on the left of the back three because of his left-footedness. I would probably have him in the middle of the back three in the championship if if I were to, to play him somewhere. But in, in League 2, you'd probably be all right with him on the left. And as I say, his left-footedness is a, is a boon there. What are his standout traits then? What type of defender is he? As far as his standout traits go, Boyley's a no-nonsense centre-back, really. You know, he wants, if there's a ball coming into the box, he wants to go and head it. If there's someone trying to get through on goal, he wants to make himself big and make himself imposing and try and stop him going past him. Um, he's not amazing on the ball, but again, I'm talking from a sort of a championship perspective here. You know, he's. I think he would tell you himself that he's. He's maybe not the best ball player, and he is a bit of a, a bit limited for a championship level. Which is, you know, he's he's gone back to to League Two for a reason. I think for me, he's probably a League One level centre back. Um, but obviously, Rex and the project that's that's going on there is very appealing. Um, to any player, I think at the moment, and they'll obviously have aspirations of going up. So, he's. Uh, yeah, I think head on a stick is the, the term that the, the town players affectionately use for Boyley. Uh, this is a difficult one for you to answer, but well, what type of sort of level would you say he's playing at then? Obviously, he didn't quite cut at Huddersfield, but would you say this is a coup for League Two? Would you say that he's better than the average defender in the fourth tier? I would say he is better than the average League Two standard defender, yeah. And, you know, that's not just based on him having played in the championship and played in League One, but obviously the last time he was in League Two, he captained Cheltenham to win the league. Uh, he was part of a you know a key part of that team that that finished top of the division uh, and got promotion, and he was named in the League Two team of the season that year. I think when I looked at his stats last year, I don't think he was like a particularly outstanding League One defender. He was a decent League One defender. Um, and, you know, that is obviously going to make him a good player for, for League Two level. I think, as I say, if you're expecting someone to come in and, you know, do overlapping midfielders and helping build the play and, and getting forward, I've, I've seen him do it. I've seen him go up the wing a couple of times when he's played in a back three. You know, he's willing to, to give it a go. Um, but I think he would tell you himself it's not his strength. He's a, you know, he's a defender first and foremost. And I, I think... The reason he's had the career that he's had, you know, I think he's. There's other players out there that that maybe have more natural talent, but 
he's got where he has and has had the career he's had because he he works extremely hard as we've talked about on the training pitch he's such a model professional he's very determined he reads the game um pretty well um in fact he reads the game very well uh it's it's just the the quality maybe isn't quite there for championship level but i would expect him to to be more than at home in, in league two and so you know that was great i got to speak to lots of different people there that that come from all over baltimore and and um you know various other places people south carolina and orlando florida and all these different places so you know, but the the real question would be, what would the game be like for them? You know, this was the first chance to see Paul Mullin. This was the first chance to see, you know, Ollie Palmer and and um, all the rest of them. And you know, if we look at that first half team, if I dissect the game a bit, I mean, that did seem like our first choice. I mean, Tom O'Connor starting at left centre back was interesting again, given the the options there. Um, do you have to look at it? I mean, Foster and goal, a back three of Owen O'Connell, Ben Toza, Tom O'Connor, Anthony Ford on the right, Jacob Mendy on the left, a midfield three of James Jones, Andy Cannon, Elliot Lee, and Dalby and Mullen up top. And in the second half, we saw Rob Lainton, Ryan Barnett, Callum McFadden, Max Cleworth, uh, Will Boyle, Aaron Hayden, Luke Young, Jordan Davis, McAlinden, Palmer, Waters. We saw the whole gang. Um... And yet, Wrexham lost 5-0, and it's quite hard to glean out the mistakes. I mean, Rob Lainton will be disappointed when he looks back at one of the goals that beat him. I think it was goal number three. Um, But it happens. You know, this is what should have happened. This was a result that people in the stands knew should have happened. So the fact it did is not an indictment on Wrexham. Um, I mean, it's an indictment on the people that got to stay up and... One thirty, two o'clock in the morning to watch it, but yeah, yeah. I mean, nonetheless, I it can't dilute my my experience uh, being out here because it's just um, it's just been amazing. You know, the people have been so generous, and and I'm heading to LA tomorrow. I'm not really sure what the mood will be like at all. So we'll see. Game number one, five nil. Go and watch the match day vlog if you haven't on YouTube. A bit of an ad hoc podcast. It's a bit short and and sweet, but. As always, if you enjoyed the video, or if you enjoyed the, if you enjoyed the video, I'm getting lost now with all the all the content. If you enjoyed listening to the podcast, give it a thumbs up, give it a follow on Spotify. You can comment on Spotify. You can leave it in the Q and A section at the bottom of the episode. And as always, this has been brought to you by Red Ten People Development. I got to knock it off because I got to go to bed and edit this and and somehow get awake in two hours for the airport. But um, yeah, this has been brought to you by Red Ten People Development. As always, the stings. Brought to you by Hypnotic. Thank you for listening. If you have listened, if you've been following the videos, really appreciate it either way. Um, and as always, you know, you can follow, subscribe, email us, robbrianred.gmail.com, robbrianred on all platforms, Pod on TikTok. It's a lot of fun. This trip is a lot, a lot of fun, but it's also a wake-up call that, you know, we need to be competitive in these four games and we need to settle on a team and and while we're playing two two forty fives pretty much in in this game, we need to see things amp up now and, and I'll be excited to get to LA, see what that game's like. Thank you for listening and I will see you again next time.
It's the 90th minute. All your mates are around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.